like to take a moment and thank our sponsor. If you have a laser device for training and you want to take it to the next level, or if you're looking to get into using a laser device for training, check out the products at laserapp.com. L-A-S-R-A-P-P.com. You can use code CSP2021 for 15% off the items you've selected. And thanks for checking them out. Mike, when when we first started talking, you actually said you're running for USPSA president. Yeah, yeah. So, as a naturalized citizen, is that allowed? <laughs> we'll we'll make it happen. I'll call Putin. We'll make it happen. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's no requirement. There's no requirement in the bylaws to be a citizen. You just have to be a life member before you assume office. Uh, oh. So. Okay. Listen, I, this has been brewing in my head for a while. You know. Starting, I think, early this year, uh, and it started with, with a couple of small things. You know, we, we, we try to run a local club here, uh, and, and 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 we already still challenge affiliated, but we're not USPSA USPSA affiliated. So we're not running USPSA matches. We are USPSA affiliated for Steel Challenge. I wanted to step up and start running local matches, and um, as a new match director, uh, you know, I called the headquarters and I said. How do you guys help us as little guys to start a new club? You know, are there any discounts that you can offer? Uh, no, we, we don't really do anything. Uh, about, so why are we paying the fees just for the classification? So I felt like the, the organization should be able to do better in that regard and help little guys who are starting. You know, I don't have a budget. I might have to borrow from the club to buy some steel. But maybe USPSA can give me uh, not a 10% discount code, but maybe. And I have, like, I'll share with you guys my campaign. and. Like rent to own program where a new club, USPSA hooks up the new club with a vendor who makes good steel, who's USPSA approved. They get a discounted steel or they pay USPSA for the next year, a portion of their match fees to pay for that equipment, reduce the stress on the match director, help them out as an organization. We talk about, we talk about, you know, membership numbers and, and how previous administration was touting, you know, big numbers. I'm like, well, we don't really have a problem with that anymore. And if we ever had that problem, we have a problem with venues. There's not enough clubs in the, you know, in the area. Area seven match, uh, a tremendous match, but they, they, had to, they had to use a lottery system because there was some, they can only host so many members. Um, local clubs, sometimes some of the better local clubs like Metamore or Santalani, uh, they get sold out within, within seconds, a minute, 55 seconds and the match is full. You click submit and you're on a wait list. What, yep. you know, can the organization do something to help with that situation? What if we, you know, and I have some of these bullet points. Uh, can we create a program where we enter into a partnership with venues that are in decline? Maybe, you know, review the history of the, of the clubs. How many clubs have lost their affiliation or have not renewed their affiliation? Why did that happen? Let's get on the call with that guy. Let's find out. Maybe the club is in a situation where we can enter into a partnership. We may sponsor them somehow. We may, you know, let's work out the legal details. The organization has a lawyer. We can engage that lawyer to create a contract where we enter in partnership with an existing venue where we are either part owners or somehow reestablish those venues, rebuild those venues. If a club needs money to invest into, you know, building a few stages, can organization help them with that? Uh, new and existing clubs help them out with a vendor program, you know, discounts, things like that. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm a new match director. I want to make these stages interesting. Yeah, I, I travel to big matches. I see these great stages. I can bring that back. But 
But as a new match director, some you know, or even even people have been running matches for a long time, they build stages that are not super interesting. You know, they they, you know, they, it's the same stage. You go to the same match and it's the same stage over and over again. And I'm like, well, we can make it more interesting. How about a database that's accessible to all the match directors of all the better stages? Yeah, that have been used in the, and, and and but that also ties into the thing that I talk about, uh, increasing the competitive value value of the organization. What if we, what if we so, you know, create a program or not a program, a way to submit feedback for people to submit feedback on the stage that they've shot. You just came back from Mary. Keanu has this wonderful service that went out, right? I fill it out. I'm a tremendous job. Really enjoyed. This was, these are the good points. We can expand on that, you know, vote for your favorite stage. And that out of that, out of those votes, the, the, the data is compiled. And now we have these, these were the, the most favorite stages of the last nationals. Create a database with the measurements, make it available to the match director so that he can pick, he or she can pick from that database and build those stages, make it more interesting, make it more challenging uh, for the local matches. But it, how did I get into this? So that was the thing. Organization was not really helping me as a new match director. Uh, the area directors, you know, didn't really get a whole lot of feedback. There was another thing where um, a local club was enforcing uh, rules, local club rules, without permission, per permissions from the headquarters, without having it approved by the headquarters. I reached out to the organization, the headquarters. They didn't do anything. Uh, the uh, all these votes that are happening overnight, all these things that are happening that are not transparent, that are not uh, getting enough uh, review from the membership. You know, that's you know not good. And then the final thing was uh, the, the rule changes that happened overnight. And I think it got a lot of people, you know, a little bit, a little bit irritated, right? So I was going to debate Mike Foley on a few of these points before the latest shenanigans that happened at the World Cup Nationals. You probably guys, you know, are aware of right? why has he? Right. Uh, I, I was hoping it wouldn't come to the special election. I've been working on my on my campaign for six, five or six months, and I was hoping at 2022, you know, I will, I will get a, get my chance and get on the platform and debate Mike on his points if he's running. And offer my vision of the organization, my vision for the sport, where we're focusing on venues, on competitive values. We support our competitors. One of my biggest things is how do we support competitors? We are, you know, we are sending our best and most capable athletes to the national, uh, to the world championships, right? And this was, uh, you know, similar situation in skydiving. These guys train; they earn their way to that slot, and we're sending them. And how are we helping them? We are sending our best and brightest to bring home the gold for the United States. They're representing us, the country, and the organization is offering them no meaningful support. Are they paying for their tickets? Are they paying for, in skydiving, they, they actually they actually created a fund, which I'm putting my money, my, my, my money where my mouth is. I want to establish a Team USA fund where I will donate my first paycheck as the USPSA president to establish that. And what that fund will do, if the organization is not willing to, do, to help out, these guys in an official capacity, people like us, like I want to, I want to, I'll send twenty dollars to the team fund, to Team USA fund, to help these guys to either get professional coaching, work as a team together, pay for their uniforms, help them with the travel expenses. If they need ammunition on site, we'll help them with that. We are sending our best athletes to bring home the gold. I want to help them get their job done. Like they put in the work, they put in the effort. Like that's, that's the least I can do as the organization. We can do so. I will donate my first paycheck as the USPSA president to establish that fund. Um, another point was practice score. Uh, I actually was debating of, I, 
I'll actually share this with you guys. If you, uh, it's nakeuspsagreatagain.com is the website. Uh, and uh, the, the password is, is still not public. I'll make it public in a, in a few days. Uh, I'll list all these points and all these actionable items. And practice score is, is one, of these, one of these bullet points where I think Ken's mission and the team's mission is noble. You, you remember when it was you know, paper scoring, how difficult his mission was to help the match directors to run better matches. Practice score has been essential to us, right? Like we haven't, like, when was the last time we shot with, with paper scoring? This paper has been a backup. But the organization, have, in no way does it help practice score. I spoke to a couple of developers on practice score. Their mission is noble. You know, Ken's mission, if you, I read his article, why does he do that? It's always going to be free. It's always going to be available to the match directors. So I think the organization should enter into some kind of a partnership with practice score. Now, my first thing will be like, hey, Ken, like, how can we help you? Partner with the leadership, help the technical. So their their developers are all volunteers. And I, I mean, I'm, in my regular life, I'm an IT guy. I do software quality testing. I run a group of testers. You know, help these guys out. Like, you know, the new hit factors come out on the, on the new classifiers. You know, people start asking Eugene, who's the application developer when are you going to enter these new classifiers into the app well, uspsa hasn't shared them with me why can't we help these guys out so that we all can enjoy a better application they're working for free can we help them with something else is there anything else that we can you know become a partner with practice core because their That's mission right. is a noble one so there there's no relationship right now between no official relationship between uspsa and practice score if, if you go online and you run a search on practice score and uh enter these terms uh why can practice score? Uh, I think it was an oral article from MLN.com, if I remember correctly, where he, he speaks about how much other organizations practice score supports a tremendous amount of shooting sports, not just USPSA. Right. You know that, right? They do shotgun, they do accuracy rifles, they do IDPA, action shooting, steel challenge. Like, there's a ton of different sports that they support, and it's available to everybody for free. And so he mentioned some of the organizations that have contributed or have helped them out in the past. And I think USPSA did some, 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 you know, not even worth of mention contribution to them. And then we've been silent. And the feedback I got through the private channels is USPSA has been more of a taker and, and, and you know, a demander of things rather than a partner. Do this, wow. do that, you know, kind of a thing. I'm not sure how known this is, uh, you know, and if it's not, it should be. And I think we should, if practice core pulls a plug tomorrow, what are we left with? Yeah, exactly. Right. Don't we want to help these guys out? They're doing it for free. What can we help them? It doesn't have to be monetary. We could be, hey, promote them somehow. And they can display USPSA banners on their website because they certainly, you know, a lot of people don't know about USPSA, right? A lot of PRS guys probably don't know about USPSA, but they probably run into, you know, at some point they, that banner can be displayed for, you know, for whatever, you know, advertising fee can be displayed on, on the Practice Core website. I think we can be good partners with Practice Core. So, well, yeah, I mean, I would imagine if you have a professional relationship that you could get some unique features just for yes. the USPSA in that app. So, yeah, I would imagine that would be a great thing to have. And it could be, you know, it could be a technical level of help. Like, listen, connect our IT guy with their with their app developers. What do they need to plug into their API calls they can make to our database? Will they? I don't know if they're going to benefit from that or not. Yeah. The database is scrapable. Anybody can write a script and get the information from the USPSA website. But maybe we have an IT. USPSA has a very strong IT team. The website is great. There's a lot of good features. Maybe they can work directly together to help. 
the app developers and the website developers on practice core side with the features that we you know have on our end. So now the other thing was you know the competitive like, the rule the rule changes. We're talking about the rule changes. I think I think it was a rush decision. I don't know what the motivation behind that was. I don't think it has any competitive value, you know. But if we want to do that, that's fine. Let's make a level one exemption for some of these rule changes. We already have that, right? We can, right. You can come with your duty belt. You can shoot a local level one match with your duty belt. You can do a lot of different things at a level one. There are plenty of exemptions. These should be level one exemptions. Uh, that's a very solvable. Like we don't have to roll things back, but just make it, you know, uh, make it a level one thing. I don't want I don't want these rule changes to happen overnight. I, you know, there will not be a major rule change without membership approval for 30 days, like it used to be. I think it goes out to the membership. People get to, and we have like we have these technical channels where you can you log in with your USPSA number, right? You you know you get a pop up. Hey, like there's a rule change upcoming. You have 30 days to vote. If you dismiss it, that's fine. We'll remind you again. If you dismiss it, we'll say, All right, so you don't want to vote, but then you don't have a say when it happens. Right. right. Go there, say, hey, I, I'm for it or I'm against it. And then, you know, and then the area directors have an easier decision to make. If they're faced with this overnight, hey, like, let's vote on this rule change tonight, proposed by the administration for whatever reasons, they're voting on that, on that tomorrow morning. They didn't even have a chance to read those. They don't know how their membership feels about that. And then the membership starts jumping on these area directors. Why did you vote for that? Let the membership decide. Let them vote on this. 30 days review. You know, if it doesn't go, it doesn't go. You know, there should not be, and, and but that creates transparency. You know, how do we make it more transparent? And I might regret this later, uh, but we have town halls. We have virtual town halls with, with, with IT leaders, right? With, with politicians. You can go to your town, you know, town hall meeting and, and, and talk directly to the people, right? To the to people that are that are in charge. You can voice your opinions. Why don't we have a virtual? It's look, we you know, this tool right here that we're using right now, streaming out, they can host up to 500 people. Why can't yeah. we have that? You log in with your USPSA number for a for a board meeting, you know exactly what's happening. You may not be able to, to raise your hand and speak up because you know, like that would be out. But you can totally watch that. And then when they enter executive session, or whatever, like listen, there's always a need for an executive session, but there's been too many of them, I think, in the past. I mean, you could just live stream it to whatever platform you want to exactly. live stream it to. So at least people can watch it. Yes. Right. And that's the administrator. I mean, we've had plenty of meetings at work where the administrator says everybody's muted until it's time to talk. So you can't, like, even if you want to hit the mute button or unmute, yeah. you're, like, you're stuck until the admin says, okay, now it's the comment section. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, like you said, I, I think it's it would benefit it's just like anybody who has a job where other people make decisions. If yeah. you don't have a say, then you're never going to buy into what's happening if you haven't had an opportunity to give your opinion. And if you've if presented the opportunity, you don't say anything, just like you said, yeah. then that's your own fault. Yeah. But if as long as the opportunity is provided for you to have some say, then once that decision is made, it's the decision and that's it. But if you don't say anything... You can't blame anybody but you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And and the technology is there. Like it's it doesn't it doesn't take a lot of resources to make it happen. But it, it you know transparency it creates visibility into the decision making process. People are involved. If you don't want to, be, that's fine. But if you do, there's your there's your channel. You can make these decisions. You can help. Me I mean, do. yeah, in 15 minutes you can create a Survey Monkey email and Mailchimp it to everybody in the USPSA yeah. with you know yes no feedback. That's it. You know. 
yeah. And then it's, you know, give them some time to go through. I mean, it'll tabulate everything instantly when it comes back, but you know, if you want to read through the feedback, it might take a little bit, but at least yeah. you'll get feedback. Yeah. And, and like I said, the technology is there. Like there are specific actionable steps that I can make today to, to make that happen. You know, if, if I can't, then I can solicit some opinions, some feedback, people that know how to make this, this stuff happen. Like one of my things was like vendor, vendor, vendor as a program kind of a thing um, where, you know, let's say you, you have, you have a club that has, I don't know, six or seven or maybe eight bays and you want to host a major match. You don't have enough equipment. Well, I know a guy, his name happens to be Bill Duda, who he could be a vendor. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> but maybe someday we'll hear about him as a, <laughs> one of these guys who can load up a trailer. You you call him up, like, hey, listen, in two weeks I'm hosting this match. These are the, these are the stages that I picked from the database that the USPSA has kindly provided to us. These are the stages we're going to build. These are the dimensions of our base. This is the equipment that we need. He says, hey, it's going to cost you this much money. Like, All right, cool. Based on my entry fees, this is what you know. This is what I'm working with. He will come. He will set up the match. You know, if we need our rows, like you know, our rows will, you know, that's another thing we, we can talk about. He will set the match up with some help. He will break it down. He will take it. Away. You own nothing. You're managing nothing. It's vendor as a service program. I have the I have the facilities. I don't have the equipment. Let's make the connection. Let's make more interesting matches in the area that can happen. All right. Um, what what is what's the other thing I want to talk about? Yeah, you know, vendors need you know, discounts. Well. Well, I, I think that you, you've hit a lot of good points so far. And and I, one thing I was also wanting to see is like maybe you, the USPSA would help in some of the, you know, sponsor some of the training classes or classes, you know, shooting classes. I love so, Infinity. I think it was Infinity. Wasn't it Infinity Firearms that does the, the youth program? Yes. Yes. Tremendous. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's what we need. Yeah. And so I, I think that would that would be beneficial also, you know, so um also like you know you had talked you're talking about technology oh my gosh technology is so amazing you're in it and everything of that nature and like you know some places like where we sh shoot at they don't house have cell signal you know mm -hmm. and you know you might be able to say okay well hey we can come out there and set this up and you all will be able to get the cell signals get your updates and everything of that nature um and, and, and somebody was doing it there. I don't remember. Yeah, they were. They were. They actually set it, it up. I actually saw it. It was actually this, pretty neat. How did his name start with a D and end with a U? <clears throat> yeah. When when yeah. that when that uh, did it? Do yeah. was doing that, right? He was. Oh, yeah. He was. Yeah. He's been doing yeah. He's yeah. Been so doing I mean, he's not a sponsor, but we love the guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. love him. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm special in his eyes. <laughs> I'm very special. Matter of fact, I'm looking forward to being one of the memes on the on the. My my wife was actually a meme on his. She was wearing a trash bag at at uh at uh was it area eight? Huh. Or mid Atlantic section. It was mid, mid Atlantic section. She was wearing a trash bag because it was raining really heavy and we didn't bring our rain jackets. So Duda took a picture of her and he posted. That explains your your, your stage scores. <laughs> 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 it broke her feelings, but she laughed really hard, man. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> that guy is that guy is funny. Oh yeah. I matter of fact, I'm I'm gonna show you how special I am to build <laughs> I'll be right back. All right. All right. Now, Mike, real quick. Um, couple of things you've touched on. I want to bring up a couple of questions. One, you know, when we were talking to Matt, which you said you've listened to, Matt Nash, mm -hmm. he talked about how when he went overseas, that you're not pasting at a major match. 
All right. So my question with that, it's like a two part question. My question is, so like area eight, um, the Virginia state match, you have a, several major matches within the area eight region. Now, my thought would be, why not have, when you have these major matches, why not have supplies laid out just for Area 8 steel, um, paster guns, things like that, where, okay, Virginia State matches beginning of October. So all those supplies go to the Virginia State match. Whatever steel, whatever they have, um, when it's needed for area eight, it goes to area eight. If there's a Maryland state match, it goes to Maryland. If there's a mid mid Atlantic sectional, it goes there. Yeah. But my, my thought is one, it goes back to what you were saying. It, it helps the little guy too. You know, they're not like Fredericksburg is where the Virginia state match is being held. They're not having to buy new stuff every year to support that match, which mm -hmm. takes away from the funds they're getting in. And two, when, when you shoot a major match, typically there's three or four ROs on every stage. There are a couple stages I could think of where that's still, you still may need one or two people to help reset it. But for the vast majority of them, the guy going around calling out the scores has a paster gun. Another guy has a paster gun. And then you still have someone resetting steel while someone's scoring. I don't, I don't see how that would take any longer to reset. I, than, and then I, I don't get yelled at for not resetting when I reset an entire half of a stage by myself. Come on, patience. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's, here's what I'm thinking. And that, that, you know, that the first part of the question is goes along the lines of like the vendor as a service program. Uh, if the USPSA, I'm not sure if USPSA wants to take on the role of owning the equipment rather than having an approved vendor. Let's say Bill Duda wants to do this thing or some other guy wants to do this thing where he, I have a trailer and I'm able to travel within this distance for this area, um, you know, six, let's say six hours, let's say, say eight hours from his home base. He can travel with his trailer after the phone call with the match director on specific dates. Everything is booked out. He can, based on the stage diagrams, he can lay out the equipment that he used to bring to that club. The club does not have to invest any more money. They just pay him a fee. He travels to that match. If he wants to expand from area eight alone, he can maybe he can have an affiliate or he can build his business to have representation on the West Coast or, you know, you know, northern part of the He has these vendors that are approved by the USPSA who can travel within a specific distance with a trailer, help set up, help break down, remove that responsibility, the headache of ownership, the, he the headache of, you know, renewing re-equipment and buying new stuff, timers, Wi-Fi connections, a steel um, you know, targets, all these things are covered. You pay a fee and, uh, and you don't have to own any of that, you know, process vendor as a service in, in IT is called, uh, uh, platform as a service or software as a service where like this, this, this streaming service that we're using, you're not owning any of the servers. You don't, you're not, you're paying a small fee, right. And you can enjoy the, all the benefits. You don't have to do upgrades. You don't have to install software. You just log in, you click the button, you know, all the testing is done. It's just going to work for you. You don't have to worry about it. Remove the headache, allow the match director to do the, the match directoring thing, allow them the effectively the quarter mastering crew in this vendor uh, do their work. Uh, the sec the second part uh, with the reset, there's a you guys may have heard of it. Uh, you, you could hear this the other that's the other thing that uh, the Russians got right. Uh, there's this club in, in Russia called uh, Yekaterinburg. Um, 
I forget the name of the club, but they host the Russian nationals and all the major matches are hosted there. It's a relatively remote area from Moscow. It's not, you know, it's not nearby, but, you know, same distance would travel to Florida or to, uh, uh, you know, other states. To, right. Uh, the guy who owns the club is actually a, uh, a multi, I think he's a multi-billionaire, a Russian, Russian mag, you know, he steel or brass. I think he's a very rich guy. He discovered practical shooting and he goes, well, I'm going to build myself a club. And he built himself a club, and it's the best club in the country. And, you know, Ben Stagger was coaching there. A lot of, you know, Eric Grafell goes there to train. They all, you know, tremendously well-run match. There is no staff. There, there is no uh, competitor reset. It's all staff reset. Uh, uh, very well-run match. And and here's the thing. ROs apply to work those matches, and they don't always get selected. The match director, because... This is actually one of my points, NROI. Okay. Let me answer the question. I, I, I would like to jump into that topic there, NROI. Okay. Um, so, but how do we make it happen? How do we make staff reset? You know, some some ROs are not willing to do that. Some ROs, you know, listen, I, you know, I may be too tired by the end of the first day to be moving. Like, if you count your steps, when you go shoot a major match one day, from all the resetting and all the travel, you will have walked at least 10,000 steps. At least, like you, you can enjoy your two thousand calorie burger and then drink five beers, and you will still not have replenished all the calories you burnt in one day of shooting. And these guys are there for three or four days in the heat. In the heat, they have yeah. to decisions. They, their brain needs to stay fresh. These are hardworking folks. Well, are they willing to do the, the staff reset? If they are, great. If they're not, then we can't really force them. But how can we help? So some people are saying, "Let's get the Boy Scouts, the organization. Let's get the young people on." Well. Can you imagine if a Boy Scout get get hurts on the, on the range? Can you imagine? I, I like the idea though. What can we yeah. do? I have a kid. My kid is you know let's say twelve years old, and I want to get him into shooting sports. I'm the parent. I'm shooting that match, and there's a program that USPSA provides where hey, I will sign a waiver. I will get my kid involved under my supervision. He will be helping out at this match. Reward him. You can actually pay. I don't know a small fee to the kid. He's actually earning money. He's learning the sport he's helping he's spending time with his dad and his mom on the range and you know and, and, and you've grown the new generation of shooters who can who can you know so why not build on that you know uh boy scout helping reset instead if people want to spend time with their kids and they're okay with them resetting under their supervision they sign the waiver uh um and they 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 help out with reset i don't know it's just a thought that was in my head when well, i yeah, and and shout out to Kevin Ruiz. He he shoot or he ROs major matches in the area, and he brings his son to the Virginia State match. And one of the guys on there, Calvin Brandt, by the way, Huggy, was paying his son to collect brass for him. So yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of opportunity to do little things like that and make the kid feel worthwhile yeah. and, and get them involved. And you, you help in the sport, but you also, you know, like the work ethic, right? We'll talk about, you know, the new generation. Hey, here I am. I'm, I'm 12, 13, 14. I'm earning and I'm helping. And that builds character as well. You know, if we want to get another, right. But so, you know, and like I'm, I'm a CRO uh, and, and I, you know, I earned my shirt as an arrow that I bought. And uh, I, I believe strongly that these guys are some of the hardworking guys that are working the major matches. And I spoke to a few of these folks and, and I'm like, well, how is this organization helping? 
know, if you work in this major match, you work in the nationals four days or nine days, you know, back to back nationals. Yeah, there's some type, there, there's some, there's some, you know, help. There's some reimbursement for travel, but they still have some issues, right? And so these guys are doing it for the love of the game. Why else would you spend nine days on a hot range and work the major match? Other, other than you, like you love this thing, like that's what you love to do, you know. I say the organization can do more for these guys. Maybe we can, maybe we can increase the stipends or maybe better reimbursements, better price tables, you know, just for, you know, like it, some of these things already exist. Let's build on that. Let's reward these guys. Let's rec let's recognize them on, you know, on social media. Like, Hey, these are the, you know, these, these are the ROs that are making our sport better. Recognize these folks. But, you know, at the same time, you hear a lot of the feedback probably, you've probably heard from high level shooters, you know, bad calls or bad ROing. Some guys, you know, I'm not going to say any names, but like some people stopped going to the nationals because they felt they are rowing. But I'm like, well, Everybody makes mistakes. You know, if somebody makes a bad call, they were out there on that range for three days in the heat. Maybe like, it's human to make mistakes. But if there's an arrow at a local match, and I've seen this with my own eyes, an arrow is running a timer. And I, you can go and read the, the arrow creed and one of the bullet points there, your attention will always be focused on the shooter that you're running. Like you, I owe him that. This guy's on his phone checking text messages literally as he's beeping the shooter. I, if I was an RMI, if I was like, I would have pulled his rating right there and then. I want to I wanna increase the confidence of the membership, all level of shooters, that if I'm an RO at a major match, my calls will always be correct because I had to go through uh, a process to become an RO. Like right now, anybody, anybody can become an RO, and we need more ROs. Like I hear this all the time. We need more ROs. I'm like, oh, if I, pa if I pass my RO test, great, I'm an RO. If I, if I barely pass it, if I fail, I'm not going to stop running the timer. Like, I'm still going to help out at local match. So we're not going to lose in our row if somebody fails a test. They will still run the timer. They will still score the tablet. But I want to tighten this. You know, I want to make the classes more available. I want to reward the RMIs and incentivize them to travel and teach these classes. But I also want to respect their time and their their knowledge and and empower them to make decisions. Okay, if somebody is not involved in the class, I've seen this. You know, the people on their phones, they're checking their Facebook. I'm, why are we here if we don't want to be our roads? Make it more difficult. Make the make the test a little bit more difficult. Instead of instead of three tries with an open, you know, book test, make it a two try. And if you fail it, like it's a completely brand new test with more questions you gotta pass. And then you gotta reset, you gotta reset. Just like an airborne school, right? Hey, you failed. That doesn't mean you're a failure. You can always come back, you can always recycle. But unfortunately, today was not your day. An RO is taking pride in his knowledge, in his decisions and that's how we increase the confidence of the membership that when our makes a call and he's a certified role, like he knows what he's talking about. Um, you know, I want to make it a point of pride. Like, like I'm an arrow, you know, I know this game and I'm not going to make bad call. Well, and one of the things that uh, the three of us have talked about it at one point was um, we, we, I, I'm sure we've all experienced it, but we, one story specifically that we've discussed before is you know there's we're on a we're on a bay and the ro says uh you know show clear you know hammer down holster and if the if you have a negligent discharge at that point where the ro is supposed to watch you as you're you know unload show clear hammer down holster and there's a negligent discharge whose fault is that at the end of the day mm -hmm. is that the shooter's fault is that the ro's fault like what what accountability is there? Because, I mean, yes, I, I, if that's me as the shooter, I absolutely should have been paying attention. But like you said, I've been shooting for three days. I forgot to drop the mag, whatever it is. But at the same time, the RO is supposed to be watching me manipulate this firearm. And 
are they supposed to allow me to do something like that that's that significant and make a negligent discharge, possibly injure somebody, send around over the over the berm? Like, what accountability is there moving forward if something like that happens? I do. That's a, that's a good question. It actually happened a couple of weeks ago. We had a gentleman at a local club match uh, a couple months ago, and I'm and I'm I'm so it's a small club and and they do. They have a flat base, so they do one squad shoots, then the second squad shoots, and then they go and score together. So I'm 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 on the you know I'm on the second squad watching these guys finish shooting, and he's unloading and showing clear, and I can see from I don't know 40 yards away, I can see it yellow. So he he removed his magazine, but somehow maybe the round was still in there, maybe it was stuck in the extra, I don't know. And I, and I see the yellow piece of brass in the chamber, and I know they are always seeing it. And I was like, no! And he drops the chamber, he drops the, the slide, and he presses the trigger, and, you know, of course, he's going home. Hey. Whose responsibility? I'm not the DNRI. What is my opinion on this? You know, my personal opinion? I think the, the largest portion of responsibility is, is with the shooter. But if I'm in a row and I'm seeing that brass in there, like, I was like, no, stop. Like, whatever I can do to prevent that from happening, if it happens, you know, it, it happened. Whether we assign blame to the RO or to the shooter, we know what happened. The result is the same. The guys, but I, I don't think I'm qualified to uh, to explain the rules or to to uh, judge the rules. I think we have very capable people. Who I, I actually had a, quite a few, you know, conversations with the senior, you know, uh, NROI staff, the RMIs, and I respect their opinions. I mean, these are the grandmasters of the rule book. They don't always agree with all the calls that are being made, but they represent the organization. So they have to go with it. You know, I, I listened to Troy's interview uh, on Brian's podcast recently. I, I really enjoyed listening to him there. You know, he has a lot of good things to say. You know, I, I think maybe he's a little bit misunderstood by the, some of the top level shooters, but we have an organization that's in place. And these are the grandmasters of the rule book. And the rule book is like the Holy grail of the sport. What differentiates, USPSA from an outlaw match. Was it was it you guys or was it? Oh no, it was the Brian's podcast. And the question was, you know, how come how come I go to this match and your match is just as good as the? Uh, it's the same rule book. It's good because it's the same rule. I can go to California. I can go to Texas. I know what to expect. That rule book is our bible, and these guys wrote that book. So we need to empower them with some of these decisions to, you know. Increase the confidence with the with the ROs, the junior ROs. Another thing I was I was thinking about feedback for new ROs. I'm a new RO. I've never worked a national match before or a major match. With me, there's a CRO who's an experienced guy. He's watching me. He's coaching me through this match. He's you should be able to provide some level of feedback for me at the end. Of the month. You know how you can enter your your work record in the in on the website, right? Like record of matches that you worked as an RO. I think there should be maybe it shouldn't be public, but maybe it should be a feedback system where it's available to match directors and, and, and the range masters. When we make these matches more attractive to the ROs to work, there will be more good ROs to pick from so that the range master who's working that match, like, Hey, well, I have all these guys applying. There's a couple of new people that I know I'm going to pick them. I'm going to pair them with these high level guys. They're going to coach them. That's how we're going to invest into the next generation of better ROs and CROs and hopefully range masters. And then there's a feedback system. You want this match. I'm a CRO. I'm submitting feedback. This is what I observed. Good range commands. You know, we can make it a bullet point list, and then it could be like a comment section for future range masters to read through. Good range commands. Good calls. Good scoring. Uh, could use improvement on this, right? And we can and we can train that guy to become a better RO. If, on the other hand, the CRO submits feedback, hey, poor range commands. 
or needs to work on this, or needs work. And maybe there's there's some other things like maybe cannot handle the pressure. Maybe there's some belligerent shooter who's saying some unreasonable stuff, and this RO loses it. You know, like we're, we're both professionals, but the RO isn't is the one that's wearing a T-shirt that says NROI. He should be more professional. Yeah, you could DQ the shooter, but that guy still needs to handle the situation correctly. So if that feedback is submitted, it, it could be private behind the firewall, available only to match directors and range masters to pick the arrows. But it increases confidence that there are things being done behind the scenes um, to increase the knowledge of the RO staff. Well, and, and to piggyback on what Leo was saying, Mike, um, I am not an RO. However, I've operated a timer at a local match, and I caught a person with PCC getting ready to drop the hammer on a round in the chamber. And I stopped her. I said, stop. Mm. I said, you know, pull your charging handle back. I think you have a round in the chamber. And sure enough, she pulled it back. It ejects the round. We clear it. She looked at me. She said, thank you. You know, then pulled the trigger. Everything was good. But I think it goes back to like almost piggybacking on what you're saying. There has to be something there because if you're the RO, you should be paying attention to what they are doing. And if they have a negligent discharge, I, I, while yes, the shooter gets disqualified, I almost feel like there should be some repercussion there on the RO. Or like a report that's generated. Doing, well, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Right? I, like if you have X number of, or whatever it is, like they're like, I think the, the big point that we're trying to make, and I think we're on the same page is, while yes, ROs and, and everybody that that has to do with shooter safety is vitally important for this sport to to continue, um, the 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 quality control uh, I think is is kind of what you're pushing for, and yeah. I I think we're all in agreement that there needs to be something some system in place to ensure that we are getting the best people out there that they're yeah. continually doing the best job that they can do, that they're not getting burnout. And like you're saying, that we're incentivizing really quality people to come out and continue to do the job. Yeah. Incentivize and recognize these good people that are doing the hard work, like, hey, in social media, let it be this. Uh, there's actually a process in place for the DNROI to review some of this. If you feel like, you know, at a match, a major match, local match, you have witnessed something that is not in line with the core or with the creed of the, range officer uh you can submit feedback directly to troy i think i think he reviews all these things you can submit like just like a arbitration form i think there is one you know what you witnessed who was there to to support that and uh you know you can submit that for the the, the nri review and if, if it has substance he will review it he will assign a range master or a range master instructor to review that report and then if it's egregious you know there will be things done uh I think he mentioned that in one of his podcasts or on the podcast that he was with Brian on uh, a couple of weeks ago, which, which was interesting. But there is a, there is a process in place. Now, I've never, luckily, I've never had to use it, uh, but there is something that's already in place for that. That's good to know. Well, and you know, why not? Now we're just compounding everything here, but looking at other professional sports, you know, those, if you look at the NFL, the NBA, any of those things, they rate all of their referees throughout the season, exactly. even college football. Exactly. So when you get to the playoffs and that college football championship or the Super Bowl, those are the highest rated refs yes. throughout yes. the season. 
I mean, why couldn't you do something like that where you, you send out an email to those top rated guys saying, is there a chance you could work nationals, you know, and, and like you say, incentivize them. Here's what the incentive will be. Yeah. But at least, yeah. you know, you're getting the highest level ROs that are out there. It, 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 100%. It, not, not just ROs. The national is the biggest match of the year. The best of the best coming to compete. You know, we were, we were, oh, that was actually, I think actually that was the final bullet, bullet or the final straw that broke my back as far as uh, running for the USPSA president. My wife is standing in line. You guys heard about the fiasco at the low cap nationals with, with, the, with the banquet, right? She was standing in line. She has nothing but, we should be shooting all day. Uh, she has broccoli on her plate and, and, you know, all the sandwiches are already gone. And the president of the USPSA comes in front of her, takes the last piece of cake and walks away. <laughs> and I was, you know, and I, I was, that was the cherry on top of the failed banquet for me. Uh, and who was this? Uh, the former president of the USPSA. No, no, I mean, who was it? Your wife? You were saying? Yes, yeah. She was standing wow. in line to get some food, and 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 it was, and she told me about this, and I was watching from the distance, and it was the last piece of cake that she was hoping to eat after a full day of shooting, and he took it away from her. <laughs> it's almost a joke, but in any case, only the best, the best of the best for the biggest matches. Nationals should be a celebration of, like it should be at the end of the year probably, uh, the best stages, the best arrows, a well-designed, um, in Russia, at the same club that I was mentioning, they have a, they have a presentation, man. It's like, it's like a, a huge party with a band playing. They, they already have compiled all the videos. So you sit there for several hours, you hang out with your buddies who you've shot with, you just have the tables, food is catered. You're watching videos on the big screen TV of the, the stages that you just finished shooting. And then at the end of it, there's a presentation with all the winners, you know, medals, and it's 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 an event. It creates a feeling of you know, like I'm a I'm at a I'm not at a local match. I didn't just finish shooting a local match and I'm going home, kind of a thing. So I think the nationals should be recognized. I mean, that's you know, I'm not sure. I, if it's I easy. think that uh, I think the one one RO that uh, that you definitely need is the one that uh, uh, definitely calls out the alphas. Uh, what what is that gentleman's name, Dave? <laughs> I, I don't remember, but he's Dave the guy who's two alpha. Yes, everybody knows him. <laughs> yeah. He's he's everybody. the baseball ref. He's like yeah. the umpire, you know. Yeah. Two alpha. <laughs> he's a he's a GM, yeah. isn't he? I, I don't know what he is. He he's he's a GM of ROs. I know that. I mean, I'm just saying, if there was like an award at the end of the year too. for like RO just being a baller, yeah, yeah, that guy would get it. Yeah, I remember. I think yeah. he called it on me. Like, you have a, a it was Alpha Mike, no shoot, but you get two Alpha. I wonder what it's like when someone gets disqualified on the stage. You're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't alpha. even be upset. I'd be like, you know what? Good call. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, and these people deserve recognition. Like we talk about them, like you know, maybe they should have a profile page on the USPSA site, or maybe like yeah. you know, we have a social media presence, right? We we do these things. Let's recognize these guys. Yeah. Let's absolutely. put yeah. it out there. That you dude's know? got my votes. We're gonna blow up his spot. He's gonna be famous after this. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. You are so, welcome, sir. So here's, here's another question, and I know we were uh, talking about ROs making bad. You know, some of them has made uh, bad uh, calls and everything. But do you see like maybe in the future of like maybe having video of it so that at the end of the shoot, if somebody wants to say, I want to challenge that call, that they could go back to the video at the end of the shoot and say, you know, look at the video. And if they say, oh, 
it was a foot fault and they go back to the video and they go, nope, it wasn't a foot fault. They maybe get the opportunity to reshoot that or how do you see that in the future? You know, I I like, I like it. And there's been a couple of conversations we've had about this specifically. It's very difficult to see the 180, right? If somebody, if we use, we need to define what we are using video reviews for, as you know, per rule book, video and photo evidence is not admissible. Mm-hmm. But you know, like, so let's say I got disqualified and, and my buddy filmed it, uh, and, and, I, and the call is done. Like I'm not arbitrating the call. I just I got disqualified. Done. But then I look at the video and I see like, no, it was not. Like I did not do this thing that he's saying I did. Or if I got a procedure for a footfall and I, you know, then like, okay, he made the call. I know the I know the video is not admissible, but I want the arrow to be open-minded enough. Like, hey, like, dude, like you made this call. Would you would you mind taking a look at this video? I'm not. I'm not saying you need to change anything. Just take a look at this and make make him aware, like, hey, you made the wrong call. Let him like do his own accountability. If he wants to change it, he can. If he, you know, I think for foot faults, it is it is visible. You know, it's it's impossible to tell the one to tell, to tell the 180 break. It's very difficult, yeah. right, from that angle, from any angle. But with a foot fault, right. it's very you know. So maybe we can work with the with the RMIs and and the NRI Institute to say, hey. We, they will make the recommendation, and then the board will it will be open to the to the community. So, as the president, I will ask you know Troy, hey, can you work with your RMI staff and see what we can use video reviews for? Get their opinion. They will submit a a recommendation. He will submit the recommendation at the end of it. We will have a 30 day uh, com, you know uh, 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 membership review period where the membership will vote on that recommendation, and then instead of just throwing it in front of the board immediately, the board now knows what their constituents are asking them to do so they can make an intelligent decision and make the right call when the board meeting happens. So they're voting based on what the members are asking them to vote for. Yeah. And I, I would even go as far as say, why not use your level one matches as your testing ground and, and then say, okay, for this season from, you know, March to October, all local one matches can use video to check foot faults, I even had one, um, and now I don't remember if it was a local. I think it was a the Virginia State match where someone dropped their magazine, picked it up, put it in their belt, not in their mag pouch, in their belt, and then cleared a malfunction and then pulled it out and put it back in, and there were penalties involved there. But now with the um, magnet change, now, what if they said, no, you put it in your belt when actually they put it on their mag, their magnet, then maybe the video footage would show what they did or didn't do. So maybe there are some things that you could test out at level one matches is what I'm getting at. Like footfalls yeah, yeah. where at the end of your run, you're like, hey, you got a procedural for a footfall. And the guy's like, well, hold on. Can we check the video? Yeah, let's check it. Oh, yeah, you're right. It wasn't a footfall, or yep, that was clearly a footfall. You know what I mean? And, and, yeah, and and uh, this could be one of the things that we talked about, like the vendor as a, or, or you know vendors like, dude could have a couple of cameras pointing at you know like if he's willing to take on that challenge and a vendor wants to do like there's a camera that's watching specifically the fault lines, you know, so that it can be a, a review later. Uh, and 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 I like the idea of testing things before you go live. Like, I'm a tester by trade, like that's what I do. Before we go live with testing, we make sure things work before we go live. A provisional change to this, you know, uh, new thing is great. Uh, I like the idea, and again, but again, you know, we have, we, like, I have 
confidence in the NRI core, like the RMIs that are working there. I think they can come up with great recommendations. They can voice their concerns. They can highlight their risks. And if the membership says, yeah, we'll like it, why not do it? Like, what, what do we have to do if it doesn't work? Just like a provisional division, when we offered PCC as a provisional division, the membership liked it. It became a real division. Carry Optics was a provisional division. Now it's the biggest division in the USPSA. By far. Yeah, this could be. That's a not even close. Um, I don't know if you know, but I track that, and it is outrageous how far ahead Carry Optics is of every other division. It's paid participation. I love production, and uh, it's sad for me to see. I don't think production is dead by any means, but it's sad for me to see myself leaving production and all my friends, you know, going to carry out. But it's pulling a lot of talent away from things, uh, from 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 production, uh, and everybody's transitioning to carry out things. But it's it's a fun thing to do, man. I, why do we do this? Because it's fun. So you know, I'm shooting carry out things. All right. So you're an IT guy. Yes, sir. Um, so my next question is going to have to do with your pillars two and four, which is two is competitive values four is transparency and accountability, not so much four as much as two, but what are your thoughts on live streaming area matches and nationals? Well, they, they tried it last year. And like, like you said, you know, like we got to try some of these things out before they become, um, polished. Right. In Russia, there was a saying the first pancake is always messed up. You know, it's, it sounds a little bit differently, but you get the meaning. Like the first the first thing we make is not is never going to be perfect. And they just the heat's not right yet. That's <laughs> right, 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 right. But, uh, you know, a lot of people have ideas and, and we've heard this from other folks like, hey, like it's easy enough to do. But somebody has to do the work like we have the tools. Yes, we have ideas. What are the specific actionable steps that we can make to actually make that happen? I think there are specific things that we can do to make that happen. Streaming, like it was done. How can we, like, again, what would membership want to see? Do we want to see our buddy shoot? Like, hey, I'm, I could make the nationals and I want to see, you know, my buddy, Robert over there. Shout out to Robert Hilfiger, who hopefully will make the carry optics national. But maybe he wants to see how I'm shooting and he's tracking me. Or maybe this, does he want to shoot? Or does he want to watch the, uh, the super squad shoot? Can we make that happen can we make it selectable or can we make it a multi-channel stream i think the technology is there and we have it director on staff the uspsa does you know if he can't solve it like i know people who can i mean we've done this as an it company i'm a tester i'm not a coder but i'm like i know technology is there and i know it can be done i love the idea man like i, I watched it I finished shooting and then i watched the next squad from the hotel i was i was streaming you know, live streaming it, so well and uh jim mcburnett was the range master for area eight he's the range master for the virginia state match last year he and i were talking because i worked the virginia state and i'll see him again here uh next month for the virginia state match you know he was talking about cameo the huge range out in colorado mm -hmm. and how each stage is every bay is already set up it's wired with all of this IT stuff where you can run TVs in every bay, you can live stream from every bay because there are cameras. I mean, something like that is how I see where if you're a member, you might have access. You log into USPSA with your password and all that, and you can follow these guys. Because, I mean, again, like we just talked about, there's 44 GMs. Every big name competitor is shooting carry optics nationals. But, you, you can you can make it 43. I'm not a big name GM. I'm just a barely a master in carry. <laughs> <It's> 43. <laughs> but uh, 
you know, and if you're not, but you still want to watch, then mm-hmm. maybe maybe there's a minimal fee to pay to watch. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, well you know, uh, maybe think- just make it public for the first five years to you know ga- gather more interest. But I see, I see, I feel like we're not utilizing technology. I agree. I, I think I think you know when I start when I started shooting, there was no like a lot of people are not happy with the website. I, I've seen this thread on, on Brian News forum where the website is not that I'm like, well, what are you not liking right now? Because four years ago, there was no ability to take uh, an RO exam online as easily. There was no database of questions. You know, you had, you know, 10 years ago, you had to wait for your uh, paper card to come in in the mail before you can check your score. Like you couldn't track your your, your, your your history. There's a lot of good resources. You know, there's very good social presence from the NRO. Like, I love those monthly questions that they have. I don't know if you guys see those, like how do you score this target or what's the call, you know? But that just started happening in, in 2015, yeah. 2016, right? I mean, the technology has been out there for the last two decades. It's just, you know, the, the plugins, like, like, if you're talking, like you log into your website, go to the streaming link, the plugins, whether that's from Vimeo or from StreamYard or from other platforms, there's so many platforms that actually have the plugin. You don't even have to Twitch, Discord, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you you subscribe. It's a it's a nominal fee, whatever the fee is per year. You have the you know the account that can support five hundred streamers or a thousand streamers. You test it out. You 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 know this is what I would do as a tester. You set up an account for a thousand streamers. You see what the demand is for this next match at Carry Optics Nationals. If you exceed your capacity, you know you need to do you know you need to increase that service. Right? What's the fee with that? If you don't get that, well, these are my numbers. I only had. 45 people watching this thing. Well, okay, there were 45 happy people that watched it. We don't have to get a thousand, uh, you know, subscribers on this platform. Let's reduce it. You know, the costs are not, you know, but the technology is there. And anybody who, you know, you guys are using it. You know, it's a great. Now, I've, I've heard of StreamYard before. It's a great platform. Maybe, you know, they can they can host 500 people. And and that goes back to your point. You know, you said you know transparency and accountability. Point number four. I want to have virtual town halls, man. I want to. I want area directors to be able to talk to their people. You know, I want. I want the membership to be able to join this live town hall of the board meeting. And as a president, you know, I've I've seen this done at corporations where the CEO comes out on stage and he, you know, he talks about where the organization is going. He talks about what the plans are, and then he answers questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, a live Q and A every yeah. six months or every year with the membership, where people. You know, you can raise your hand. You can orderly ask a question, and you know, if I don't have an answer, like I'll get back to you, kind of a thing. Like, it will be answered. You know. Well, and what was it? Isn't it February when they give basically the state of the organization address to yes. to the executive board? You know, you don't have to allow any questions, but if you live stream it where everybody can watch it, exactly. then you can see all that information yes. live and go, "Oh, that's interesting." And I, yeah. I. It would be nice if area directors once a quarter would, you know, uh, get on some type of platform where they can interact with people in their yes. area. That would be yep. nice. I think I think Lee, the area uh, seven director, he does that. He does his post. He goes, "I'm going to be shooting this match and that match and this match. If we haven't met yet, you know, come, you know, introduce myself, introduce yourself to me, and if you have any questions for me as an area director, let's talk about it." Kind of. I think that's great. I think a lot of these guys. Are, are, are doing it but you know it also creates a, a certain level of transparency and accountability let's say let's say you know 
uh, I, you know, I'm running on this specific point and, and, you know, I'm putting out to membership, like we're going to make it happen. But then the vote comes in and the area directors, the vote is split and the majority voted against it. Well, but the membership elected me on this thing. So why, you know, I elected you as my area director. Why did you vote against this? Because I voted for this guy and he ran on this point and you voted against this point. So if we open up these board meetings to, you know, to, and again, some people say, some people caution me against it. I might regret it later, but that's transparency and that's accountability. So I will be held accountable. And if, if I don't like it later, I know I will have done the right thing by introducing this thing. You know what I mean? So we hold our elected officials accountable. You know, just like our politicians, we like these politicians and they're unaccountable. Like you cannot, like, yeah, there are recalls happening in California here and there, but majority of them, they're just enjoying, you know, their jobs and, you know, there is no accountability. I, 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 say, I, I, I was going to say was that I agree with you. Um, you, you, I think you already know that in doing so, you're going to get the one bad apple who is going to be saying stuff and you're just going to have to kind of like, like you said earlier, be the nice person, the bigger person and say, okay, all right. And, and say, I'll get back to you on that later, because there are going to be some, you know, people out there that are just, that's their demeanor in life. It's just like, yes. kind of heckle you, you know? So uh, I agree with the, the, like the town hall style, um, uh, you know, visibility so that you can, you know, tell what's going on. And then maybe have like you uh, also mentioned about maybe having a, column where they can place the feedback in there and they can write their feedback in there. And, and if you have time, you can read the feedback and maybe say, Oh, um, I just got a, uh, question and here's the question and you can answer it. Maybe you could say, well, I'm getting a lot of questions. I can't answer them all right now. Um, but we will review them and I will yeah. respond back to these questions, uh, at a later date, you know? So, but I do agree yeah. on the transparency. I like that idea. Um, and and I so agree with you on that. So yeah, I'm glad to. And, and you know, listen, like I'm not going to be the one uh, tracking the questions. Like we have staff, we have we have guys, we have IT guys. You know, these questions will be vetted. So if some, you know, here's my here's my here's you know my technique of dealing with. I don't want to call folks loudmouths, but like there's a lot of opinions out there, and there's a lot of high level guys that voice their opinions. And I, you know, for majority of it, I agree with them. I agree with a lot of these guys yeah. uh, on some of these things. What I'll suggest is that hey. Hey, you know, like we agree on this thing. You voice your opinion. Come help me. You know, right. what? How do you think we can solve this? Because anybody can have an opinion. Who has the actionable plan to actually do it? What a specific step? Because that's why, I like, you know, some of these programs, like, they have very specific actionable steps of how to train and what to evaluate for. So I know what my end result should look like. I know what it looks now, and I know what steps I need to make to get to that point. So if you have an opinion about changing. Let's say changing the popper calibration, which is one of my things. On, you know, I'll want you know. Well, I'll share this. What are the specific actionable steps that we can take to solve this? The, I know the organization right now is looking at it. They, they, they may address it. All right. Well, let's let's solicit some opinions. There are some high-level guys, uh, grandmasters, and, and national champions who have an opinion on how to solve this, and they probably have a good opinion. We may not solve it perfectly, but mm -hmm. we will have solved it to a degree. Right. right. Maybe, you know, whose opinion I was listening to, you know, those big poppers were designed for major power factor guns back in the day. Maybe maybe it's time to review the need for large poppers. Maybe, you know, there's there's, a, you know, one of the uh, I think range master instructors uh, has a steel company and I bought a couple of his steel uh, steel poppers. And you cannot 
have a challenge calibration on that because it will fall if you shoot that popper it, the design is so good that like if it's it's a fort like it's spring loaded so it will fall and i think they were using it at area eight i mean might might have been i'm not sure there will never be an issue with calibration challenge because it like, the you hit it is gonna is gonna fall yeah. so maybe it's time to review some of these things but let's solicit opinions and let's let's get it from people and let's evaluate them and again somebody will have like the role of the president is not to solve the problems necessarily, but to listen to people, to trust people who know what they're talking about and then evaluate that and then make a decision and make it happen. So I'm not going to say that I know everything there is to know about the rule book. I know enough that there is a guy out there. There's a bunch of guys out there, the RMIs and the DM, but they know what they're talking about. I can call upon them and they will give me their recommendation based on their experience, based on their knowledge. And I can trust them that that experience, that, 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 that suggestion is correct. Same with this. These grandmasters have shot enough, they have some ideas. Some of them are engineers. Some of them are software developers, very analytical guys. I listen to their podcast, I read their posts, I agree. You know, they have ideas, let's evaluate, let's implement. How long has this proper calibration thing been on the books, man? I've been shooting it, you know, at least five or four or five years that I know of. Why hasn't it been solved? I mean- Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And and you, I agree with you also. The president doesn't have to have all the answers. The president is the leader of the organization and that's what they do. So it is a matter of knowing who your subject matter yes. experts are, reaching out to them, getting the answers, and then, you know, leading the organization and applying those and, and moving forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trust your folks, trust your experts. They will, they will give you the right opinion. Um, You guys have anything else, Leo? Honey? I I wish I did because I could talk to this. I, I mean, Mike, we could talk for hours, man. Dude, I, I would. I just I'll like the sound of his voice. Like if we just just <laughs> jack jawed, it'd be fine. But I I'm, wish I'm I had a, a good question, but I got nothing. I'm, I'm a geek about this stuff, and we can talk offline. I, you know, I'm happy to talk about. Like one of the things, like I think I'm good at. That's one of the things that I've learned in, in in my time. Like keep an open mind, listen to feedback. Don't act like I'm fully prepared to 50% wrong. 50% of the time I will be wrong. If you can submit your opinion with some evidence and some logical, like, Hey, like this is, this will be better. I am flexible enough to change. I'm not married to any opinion and I'm fully prepared that 50% of the people will disagree with me. And I'm, and I want to, I want to say the things that I believe in to try to change their mind. If I'm able to do that, great. If they can say something, change my mind. Great. We'll find the middle, like we'll find the right solution for for the organization if we keep the organization in mind uh, first and foremost. One of my, one of one, one of my closing statements on my campaign is: USPSA exists to serve the membership, not the other way around. We pay these fees to the organization. What do we get in return besides the classification system? As match directors, as section coordinators, as area directors, from the ground up, like what are we getting back? You know. Yeah. Yeah, and and. I'll a lot of what we've talked about, you can do right on the website, which is already yes. paid for. So it's not like there's going to be that much more expenditure. There will be some, but yeah. it's not an exorbitant amount. So well, I, you know, it's a legit, like how much money do we have in the, in, in the bank? Yes. We need to, we need to have enough money to be able to carry the organization in case some political trouble and, and things change. Right. We need to have, well, let's, let's budget it out. Let's see how much. And then what else do we have? We're not, we're, we're not, 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 not for profit organization. Can we use that money to reinvest into clubs? Can we use it to reinvest into the youth programs, which I think are very important, right? 
can we can we help the national team to go to um, to the world meet? How can we re- maybe maybe these guys could benefit from some Lenny Basham training, right? You know, let's organize some of these you know mental games because even the highest level shooters have mental you know mental uh, 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 breakdowns on stages. Maybe it'll be helpful, right? We can help our best guys to to go there, and if it caught you know, like I said, my first paycheck will be towards the USPSA team fund. I'm putting and, my money where my mouth is, man. And who better to teach you about the pressures of shooting on the international level than Lanny Basham? Yes, exactly right. <laughs> you know, um, the, the one you know, and we, we talked about the, the you know the the Hall of Fame. Like, I really would like to see a Hall of Fame. You know, pick people that have helped you know, develop the sport, you know, go all the way back to Colonel Cooper, like obviously he'd be number one probably to, uh, to be indicted, right? We'll create a criteria of how to select people. Like they could still be active shooters. You know, is it just Rob a Latham. Rob Latham, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, there could be some, you know, current shooters, people that are, you know, it's not just a, it's not just the accomplishment in the sport. You know, what was the influence on the sport? How many people has he coached? Right. Uh, what were the contributions to this? You don't have to be a shooter at all to be indicted into the into the Hall of Fame. Like what? Keanu Reeves. <laughs> yes, number three. Just putting that out there. Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but like you know, I would love to see that. Like that's that's my dream. Hall of Fame uh, doesn't have to be a museum, but a Hall of Fame. You know, a virtual Hall of Fame, online Hall of Fame, and again, it's open to the membership. Like people will vote on these things. And uh, and these people get recognized for their contributions to the sport, for the, you know, for all the great things they've done over the years to to let us, you know, enjoy this game today. It could be an RMI, it could be, you know, uh, a former, you know, president. I don't know. It doesn't have to be a high level shooter of today or yesterday. I would love to see that. I still say I would love. And when I talked to Mike, you know, we talked about uh, Mike Foley when I had him on, and he and I spoke. I talked about having you know, USPSA having their own range, their own mm-hmm. facilities. It would be nice where you could find a centralized location and enough property and some investors. Cause I know there are some out there Yeah. and, and create this building where you can have a museum. You can have the running list of, you know, national champions and all of that. And the range can be used for multiple things, but it would be nice. I think that would really start building an even better, foundation a stronger foundation i love that idea i mean have you been to this uh, cmp facilities no not yet oh man uh, if you're going to go to carry up it's not it's tremendous and i don't know i think they have like five or six hundred acres i don't know how many ranges they have but it's it's a tremendous facility uh, uh it's just an example of what you know uh, uspsa could partner with you know and have a place just like you're saying and you know could it be a place that will host the nationals you know, why not? Um, I, I like it. I like that idea a lot. Well, yeah. And then you could, you know, I mean, if you did have a place that was your own, you could have it hardwired, ready to go to stream. Mm-hmm. However, whenever, I mean, it would be awesome. Yeah. 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 I, I don't have anything. Huggy, you got anything? No, I'm good. Well, well Mike, we appreciate you questions. coming on. Is there anything you want to, any final comments? No, no, no. Listen, I want to thank you guys. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. I actually, I, I almost, if it wasn't recorded, I would, I would love this conversation by the bonfire, drinking a couple of beers. I think I really enjoyed that. And uh, 
I'm going to make this website public at, you know, at some point, um, you know, in the next few days. I don't know. There's still a meeting. I think the, the board of directors are going to meet on the 14th, I think, and decide on the timeline of the special election. But I want, you know, I want folks to see my website. I want to, you know, it's a simple three-pager, very bl bland. There's nothing special about it. It's just about me page. It's my campaign and the contact me form. And, uh, you know, I've challenged several folks who are like, oh, listen, when I release it, you know, Mason Lane, take a look at this. Tell me what you think. Ben Steger, tell me what you think. I'm going to see that guy next weekend. He's coming for a class here. You, you, you guys have opinions. I know this, and I, I agree with a lot of them. Let's make it happen. Let's let's come up with a plan with specific, you know, it's not just a, I wish I could do this thing. No, I have specific points that I'm I'm saying that I can, the steps that I can make to make that happen from, you know, live streaming on 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 the website, specific technologies, people that I'm going to reach out to and, and you know, evaluations that we can make um, to all the other things that I've talked about. So thank you for this opportunity, man. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for being on. I like it. Absolutely. All right. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. Yeah, I hope so. All right, take care, Mike. Later. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.